0: It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe D'Armond.
1: Welcome back to the PowerMizzou.com podcast, the podcast that does not take a bye week, at least not this time of year. (laughs) Down the road, we will. Gabe D'Armond and Mitchell Forty here, and we will get to the podcast, and uh, Mizzou, Mizzou Athletic Director Jim Sturk in just a couple of minutes. But first of all, we've got to pay the bills. And Mizzou fans, how would you like to make your mark on the world while the Tigers do it on the field? All you have to do is switch your underwear to Mark Skid, the new eco-friendly underwear company started by one of you, a Mizzou fan. With a call to action to make your mark on the world, Mark Skid believes all brands, not just underwear, should have the same qualities as people we admire in life. A sense of humor, strong character, and a purposeful life. You can find the humor in the brand's cheeky name. That's my favorite part of reading this every week. (laughs) The character in the way they're made. With luxurious organic Pima cotton and one upcycled water bottle in each waistband. I have tried. It is not a usable water bottle, (laughs) but it is in there. And the purpose in the $4 donated on your behalf to four-star charities dedicated to save, feed, and cure the world. One pair of underwear provides safe drinking water to a person for seven years, feeds a child in the developing world for 12 days, or vaccinates two children. Let's make our mark on the world this football season. Use the checkout code POWERMAZOO for 15% off your first order and free shipping in the United States at MarkSkid.com. That is M-A-R-C-S-K-I-D.com. We also have a link to their website on the story page when we get this uh, podcast posted every week. In addition, want to thank Track Your Implants, medical technology moving as fast as your smartphones. If you have a medical device implanted in your knee, shoulder, hernia mesh pacemaker, anything else, they're saving lives, but just like parts on your car, they can also be recalled sometimes, and you need to know if that happens. If you or a friend has a device with a recall, you need to know right away. Visit trackmyimplants.com to learn more and have peace of mind with notifications in real time. All right, so during a bye week, we figured it was a good time to catch up with the man in charge over at the Mizzou Athletic Department. Director of Athletics, Jim Sterk, joins us this morning. And Jim, before we start asking you the uh, the less important questions about everything going on at, at Mizzou, I wanted to ask, on which of the 59 days that it got to 90 degrees here did you finally think, hang on, I moved here from San Diego? What what, what was that about?
0: <laughs> um yeah you know the humidity gets to you when it when it gets that long but uh but i i do enjoy i i get out i try to beat it by by riding on the the katie trail mkt and katie trail and getting out there so i still try to get a workout but i'm re i Recovered from a, a foot surgery that Doctor Smith did on me and uh, on a bone spur, but so I, I got out this past weekend and it was awesome. It was really, really great.
1: And it's Missouri, so in two weeks it'll be 12 degrees and icing, and and that will be a distant memory. Um, but it, the heat was kind of a a limiting factor, I think, in, in your first couple home games. It was 90 both of those days. How many people were there? And there's been a lot of talk, Jim, about football attendance nationwide and everything. And, and I wanted to ask you, first of all, is it more of an issue at Missouri than it is some other places, or do you think this is just part of kind of what's going on across the country?
0: I, I think, you know, it's a combination of a lot of things. I think that, uh, you know, game times and, uh, you know, when you're playing and people can't can't plan from that standpoint, I think changing de- demographics of, of people, um, you know, committing to seven weekends you know, you saw people come out. We had an 11 o'clock game against Georgia, and it was it was packed, and it was a, a great atmosphere. But um, so, you know, I think a, a number of factors. But I I think what we need to continue to do, and what we're doing with the south end zone, is is engaging people at all different different levels of of interest and 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 uh, age groups. I think so. So groups are more important. I was talking to the Kansas City Chiefs that you know that they've gone down season ticket wise the last three years, and but yet overall um, more revenue and attendance because of group sales. So it, it's a harder to do. It's it takes more effort, but I think you you can get people to come, and it's just they're not going to come seven weeks. You have to figure out um, how to get people and fill the stadium with with different. We have a core group. But then, but then, fill on on the fringes of the, the stadium with, with different groups.
2: Jim Mitchell, forty here. You uh you mentioned the uh the new south end zone project is kind of part of that trend toward uh toward decreasing capacity but increasing kind of uh, amenities that's going on. We saw at the Georgia game that there's middle some progress made. They have a kind of a steel uh, structure. Uh, exoskeleton, if you will, kind of spanning the south end zone. Uh, it, uh, what's the what's the latest on that on that project? Is uh, is that on schedule? And uh, what uh, what all for, for people who might not know is that all going to entail?
0: So um, so it's a a great project. It, it's it's maybe a, a couple weeks behind, but not not very much, not not concerning because they had targeted it to to be finished in June um, of nineteen, and so. Uh, it's well on its way. I think, I think it was, it's an old landfill. So they, they ran into some issues of, you know, where exactly the bedrock was and how far they had to drive pilings and things like that. Like I, they gave an example of one, they thought the bedrock was at nine feet. Instead, it was, you know, at 40 feet. And, and so that, 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 brought them um I, I think put them behind a little bit but overall it's it's going great and and moving along as people can see on a weekly basis this next time people come there'll be a you know a lot of lot of changes in moving um in building forward it is it is an exoskeleton right now i, I love that uh analogy but it's uh um, it, it'll continue to rise, and then and then it'll be more internal stuff once once they get it encapsulated. But it, it's it's going to be a, a great offering for our fans. Um, there were no restrooms or concessions in the south end zone. There's going to be options for. Um, different levels of general admission uh, club seating, uh, a bunker club that's down on the field level um, that, that the team will go right through to, to the game um, back and forth. And, and then, um, and actually some, some decks on either side that'll afford group group uh, activities as well. And then on the back side of the house, more of the operations of football that are currently currently in the, uh, in the matsy but locker rooms, Uh, Medical training area, meeting space, all of those areas and coaches' offices will be in there. So um, physical training, um, great weight room, uh, open, it'll be uh, lighted, it'll be um, really a a, a neat space that I think our, our, our kids will really enjoy. And obviously, um, Drew and Terry Bechtner—they were saying they don't even want to look at it because they don't get to use it. So, so, uh, so there's a little jealousy there on some of the seniors that are going to be gone. But, uh, but I
1: overall just really positive. Something tells me if Drew Locke comes back next year, they'll let him walk in and, and maybe take a shower
0: or something in there. Uh, um, yeah, so might have to have a senior uh, senior shower. There
1: yeah. you go. My uh, the most exciting thing about the South End Zone to me, which we did not know was going to occur until the first game, is. The guys that just hang out at the top of the crane. I think that I think the guy had a had a lawn chair there the first game. But uh, somebody told me, and I don't know if this is true or not, that they like have to do that to make sure that you know the wind doesn't shift the crane during a game. Are, are you familiar at all with like
0: why there have to be people back there? And like, do you guys pay that guy a salary? Um, so yeah, it's it, it's uh, he's turning into a cult hero now. Yeah, <laughs> there are you know, pictures of him cheering, every uh, game. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's active, and uh, and it is the reason why there has to be someone there because, I, you know, for whatever reason, to uh, the breaking or you know not letting it swing out. I guess if you if you left it to its own, it it could swing out during the game and <laughs> and swing out over about the hit about the twenty yard line, be over uh, over the twenty yard line. So um, it goes out a long ways. It's a big crane, and so um that that's all i know I, yeah. I like i said enough to be dangerous about that <laughs> the uh
1: it, the question fans always have is okay this is being built we know it's a year away from completion what's next so I, I mean do you guys have plans that that you're looking at things trying to fund things beyond this or is it get through this and, and then we'll kind of figure out where we want to go next as far as improvements
0: it's it's um, like the most significant thing you know on our on our plate right now. But there's a lot of things that have gone on and and are on the on the list. Um, we last year people didn't really notice, but we, we replaced all the turf in in the Divine Center and and really kind of cleaned it up. It looks a heck of a lot better and a nice space. And boy, the I know our student athletes really appreciate the new turf there. Uh, at some point, you know, Faro Field the 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 uh, turf there needs to be replaced uh, in the next few years. Um, baseball, we put in, you know, an infield. Need to get the whole whole field done as soon as we can. Um, that's a about a 1.4 million dollar project. I think um, we announced with with the city that a, a neat cross country course that we're teaming up with. Our, our coaches have been consultants with that. That it's going to host the state high school championships for the next five years, starting in 19. And then, and then we're going to host a couple meets as well as bid on NCA regional and national meet there. So I think, you know, trying to team up with the the city and the community of of bringing events here is something that, you know, I, I take, you know, take, take to heart and and really want to be a good partner with, with the city as well. So uh, neat stuff like that. Um, The Hearns, um, we, we've, we've had the flood of 2018. Someone said it was like the Titanic, the water coming down the stairs into that lower level was, it was scary, had a main water break that, that really has caused a lot of damage and, and, um, the, we were, they're still assessing and cleaning up a lot of mud and things like that, that, that came, came in there, but it looks like, um, the volleyball floor probably won't be able to be salvaged and, and they're worried about the sub subsurface of that as well. But the amazing thing about the Hearns, it, it's so big that they had the on, I think it happened late Friday night, early Friday morning, where all the water was there by, by uh, the time we, we needed it. The field house was open and ready for tailgating and, and the offices and every and wrestling was, was open. So uh, it, it's, it's such a massive building that you can have a little bit of it. It, it it truly is like a, a major uh, you know aircraft carrier. You know you can have a little thing go wrong on one end, but you, it's functional on the on the other sides, and um, it's it's a real asset for us that we need to continue to improve.
2: So just to clarify on the uh, the Hearn Center, Jim is the volleyball the only team that's that's uh, you know greatly affected uh, from from that flooding. And if so, do you know where they're going to be playing in the? Future. Yeah, future
0: you know most likely it'll be in in the arena for the <laughs> short term um but we haven't that isn't all determined yet but we're we're still assessing when but i think we have uh, a homestand coming up they're away they're away right now for this week but but uh next week i think we we start to host some events there and they're the only one as far as you know uh, right now how how long um you know it's out of commission as far as the the arena there if if it's out longer then it obviously impacts gymnastics and and wrestling but um we'll we're we're still we're still finding out seeing where where it goes and um in the meantime we're we're moving ahead we've we're uh, putting in a new center hung scoreboard there by i think around December and so we're excited about um the improvements there but this is obviously a setback and um uh, the folks from the, the uh, university on the facility side have been great in really helping and helping our staff and are um, our, our actually all we had a volunteer staff gr- um, effort that pulled up the, the, uh, the, the, the cord and everything and, and really helped the last few days to help move that along and get, try to get the cleanup done as quickly as possible.
2: I, uh, we t- we touched a little bit on uh, on football attendance, which I think has kind of been one of the main uh, hot button issues that, that kind of people are talking about throughout the country. But we uh, we understand you were at a uh, kind of a, a nationwide athletic directors uh, conference in Washington D.C. recently. Uh, just curious, what were some of the the main issues that that were broached there, and especially ones that that might apply to specifically to Mizzou? Um,
0: just Tom McMillan. It's it's called Lead One. It used to be. Um, uh, 1A, Athletic Directors Association, and it's, it's the, the football bowl subdivision group um, of athletic directors meet on an annual basis, and, and uh, now Tom McMillan, who's located in D.C. area and, and has, has been on the Hill there, so he, he, um, he ties it into that, but as well, I think the topics we had NCA legislation we talked about. The Rice Commission and the basketball um, legislation, the uh, one that was really interesting, the changing media landscape, so um, had a consultant, and then John Wildhack, who was with ESPN now with Syracuse as an AD on kind of a, a question-and-answer type of situation, which was really interesting. Um, amateurism and kind of the attack on amateurism and the lawsuits that are that are out there, and um, so uh, a lot of lot of good discussion, a um, lot of the, lot of um, uh, information being shared. But I, I, it's always good. I haven't always made those because it's in the fall, and you, and a lot of things um, can get complicated in the fall where you can't get out. But um, enjoyed the, enjoyed meeting my colleagues and, and hearing and hearing the latest on a lot of the topics. Talking in the last about- few days.
1: Talking with Mizzou Athletic Director Jim Sterkin, uh, I mean, there's a, a number of different things we could hit, but you mentioned the Rice Commission, and just a couple days ago, maybe yesterday, was kind of the one-year anniversary of, oh, my God, everything about college basketball is going to change when when that story came out. I, and I just am curious on your take, I, how much do you <laughs> think really has changed and, and how how much needs to change? Or, you know, I, I mean, people were saying a year ago the sport is going to be shaken to its core we're starting a new season. I don't know that all that much is different.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the things um, uh, where they they focused on were were summer, and those those things are going to going to change, and and uh, kind of regional regional camps that are out there. And actually, they, they talked about the NCA staff talked about um, those information going out on those, and they'll be in July, and and. Uh, Trying to really um, focus it back on on high school and then and then um, controlling some of that. So that those are changes. I think um, with the FBI investigation, I'm hearing that some more information will be coming out here in October. Um, I think that was was out there publicly that with the with the trial going forward, that they think a lot of a lot of information will be coming out. I, I think. It's it's really difficult when the FBI. The, the thing that people don't understand is the NCA uh, has has a really difficult time uh, because they don't have subpoena power and they, you have to have cooperation of witnesses and things like that. Um, and if they're not still employed by by the universities, they have no hold over over people to to come in and testify. And so um, with the FBI and wiretapping, I, I think they they've uh they had more information i think it was a um a positive thing from the standpoint i i i really believe in trying to you know do things the right way and our motto is win it right and i i felt really good about the coaches we have and and Konzo's leadership there um and in recruiting the right way and doing things the right way um so i'd rather have it you know a level playing field where everyone everyone is doing it the right way. And, and um, so uh, hopefully there are some positive, positive results from that. I want to ask you, because I've been doing this long enough,
1: I know the question going through everyone listening to this right now, and so I just want to give you a chance to uh, to to put them at ease. You said more information coming out in October. Can you assure people listening to this that none of that information is like directly uh, <coughs> related to the University of Missouri basketball program?
0: Yeah, I think what – what was really good is, you know, I told the chancellor I can sleep at night and, and he should be able to sleep at night. When, when that first came out, I said, we're, we're in as good a position as anyone in the, anyone in the country. And I, I feel really good and, uh, and positive about, about the direction we're heading and, and who's leading our, our men's basketball program.
2: Switching, uh, kind of switching back uh, to football, the football side, Jim. I know that the uh, the university just recently announced a new uh, home and home uh, series with Colorado. The the second of which game will uh, be played on the 40th anniversary of the infamous fifth down game in uh, Mizzou lore. Um, just uh, talking about, about scheduling in general, I know that it's kind of become uh, an issue that, that's talked about specifically with regards to the SEC. Just was curious to know your thoughts on kind of, you know, the push um, from some people saying that, that you know, teams should should focus more on uh, on playing Power 5 opponents outside of the conference schedule and why you, you know, maybe uh, feel like that might be necessary or good for a team like Missouri or, or why not?
0: So, uh, I guess uh, – for me, I think our our schedule, our, our power rate, rating with our, our schedule is is strong, and you know some leagues may have to schedule two two outside of their league to to get more um, more games that they feel you know can uh, position them uh, if they make a run or or where they stand in 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 the rankings and so uh, improve their rankings and so um, the SEC it's it. I always say it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, this, this is, it's, um, it's. We're going into the gauntlet. You know, we we have this week off, and then, and then our our games coming up. You know, not just the first two, but the rest of them are are going to be really tough. And so, I think for football, I think it's it's one where um, you try to try to build up. Up confidence and I go back to m- my playing days in high school I or you know our coaches would you if you had a, a game to kind of get the kink a couple of them to get the kinks out before you hit league play that's really positive and and so you try to do that and and set up the the team for success and and um it's it's a mental game it's an emotional game and and so um and and 18 to 22 year olds are they're fragile you know with, with that kind of that kind of thing and so it, it's the coaches have a heck of a chore of, of continuing to move them forward to to be confident, not overconfident to to balance all of those things as you're trying to put a schedule together. And the, the scary thing is you're putting a schedule together and we're scheduling you know 2027 and you know mm-hmm. those, are, those are those are games that are out there a long ways. You don't have. Sometimes you have opportunity to change in the short term, but but for the most, you know, depending on what team you have coming back, you'd like to be able to do that. Basketball and the rest of the sports have that opportunity to look and try to massage their schedules, but football is out there a long ways, and um, and you don't have that luxury. But so you try to set it up so that um, yeah, it's it's a strong schedule. Um, you have a power five, which is. In the SEC, you you need at least one of those, and and we do, obviously. So um, you try to balance all of those factors and put together as best schedule as you can.
1: Just a handful more minutes here with Jim Sterk. And uh, Jim, specifically with this team, uh, this football team, I mean, I, I think they're probably where most people would have thought they would be a month ago, three and one. Uh, we've both been struck, and I think a lot of people who do what we do have been struck since really SEC media days. That in year three, it seems like Barry Odom has has settled in a little bit to everything that comes with being a head coach. He just seems much more comfortable with this job than he has the last couple of years. From from your dealings, is that a fair assessment?
0: I, I think so, but I think also you know he's worked really hard to to develop the culture with his staff and 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 team so that he feels he feels really good about this team. And I, I, I I talked to him after the game and if, you know, if Georgia's the number two team in the country, I really like our chances, you know, the rest of the way as well. So we competed, you know, nose to nose with them and, and made more mistakes than they did. And, and they were, they were able to win here, but we competed with them really well. And I, I think he, he likes his team, likes his coaches and, um, he's been shaping that and working that the, the past couple of years. And I think he feels really good about where,
2: where we are. Jim, uh, obviously, we we spent a lot of time talking about football and basketball because those are kind of the uh, the big uh, cash cows among college sports. But obviously, you oversee a lot more than that in the the Mizzou athletics department. Just wanted to to kind of give you an opportunity to uh, to pitch to our listeners a few uh, a few storylines they might not know about, or a few reasons to go out uh, go check out some of the the non revenue sports at Mizzou this year. This year.
0: Well, you know, um, the the Kreklos have have reloaded and they're uh, they're back at it and and sitting. I think they're 12 and two or something like that with volleyball. They're they're two and zero in in the conference and and they're um, they're heading into a, 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 a tough weekend away. Um, so that they're doing really well. I think soccer is one one and one and so they. Uh, you hate that in soccer. I, my daughter's played soccer, and I hate those those games. And we've had so many overtime uh, matches already. So um, they're they're close. They need they need to 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 score more, and that's difficult in in soccer. But I, I, um, a great start to that. And then um, I'm really looking forward to the winter um, uh, men's and women's basketball. Uh, we're we're looking at how do we. Uh, with women's basketball, we set a record last year with 11,000 at a at a game, and I, you know, how do we do two of those, and how do we average, um, we double our our average attendance, and I think um, Robin Pinchton and the team we have coming back is, is is someone that can do that. Wrestling, you know, Brian Smith, you can't, you know, say enough good things about what he's done and and the program, and I could go through the the entire roster of coaches i i really like who who we have here and who's leading our programs a new one that people don't know larissa anderson um I, she came with me to the chamber regional chamber breakfast and um she she made me look really good after after <laughs> uh, people were really fired up about softball and there were about 500 people in that in that breakfast and and uh i think she's really going to um, build a program and, and as she said, you know, return, return to the college world series. And that's, that's the goal there. I think we can do that um, with the program we have with uh, the, the, uh, the facility we have, we have that opportunity. So um, I'm, I'm missing some, but, but, but just a, I I'm really excited. You know, we had last year, we 17 of 20 programs made it to postseason play. And, and as I said, you know, our goal is 20 out of 20, um, we have the coaches and and the programs that can do that on a given year. Yeah, someone will you know be down a little bit, but we have people that can build them back up and and compete at a national level. And um, I'm uh, we we tied the best year ever. I think uh, the future is really really bright.
1: Last serious question, then I just got a couple of quick ones for you. But uh, men's and women's basketball, you mentioned where are you guys at season ticket wise compared to? You know, past years, uh, as far as sales and filling those arenas.
0: Um, that's a great question. Um, I'm not. I, I I get those reports. I haven't seen anything for the, this week yet. But I, I think um, uh, women's basketball is, is ahead of last year. Men's basketball, where um, some people haven't renewed, and so there's opportunity that we're on the waiting list. So um, we'll we'll be able to do that. But we expect that. Um, men's basketball will be uh, will have those sellouts again and I I think we uh, uh, it's tough for people to commit to uh, all those games during the winter the the people in St. Louis or Kansas City or further you know in the rural areas um, to come during the winter I've witnessed a few of those ice storms so I totally understand that (laughs) uh, and been around those so uh but i think we can do more things with groups there and and keep keep it full because the atmosphere for both of those programs was really really great last year and we want to continue to improve that
1: all right now like i said a couple of quick ones when your job is college sports I, I'm scary i'm scared about these no they're not, these are. they're not bad they're not bad um it, it, when your job is college sports like a Every every place kind of gets to be the same and all that, but ultimately you're still a fan. I always look forward to new places, so better road trip from your perspective this year. Tuscaloosa for a football game or the Virgin Islands with the basketball team?
0: Oh, yeah, that it was tough not to be able to go to the Virgin Islands, but um, I'm you know, heading to Tuscaloosa with, with them, and um, uh, I think as far as uh history and atmosphere that'll be that'll be a great trip and looking forward to that that uh, opportunity to play those guys down there
1: all right now so nick knew this one was coming so i just want to know do you have your seat in the south carolina athletic director's box reserved for two saturdays <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, they uh, they have a special spot for me.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, Jim, appreciate the time. Thanks as always, and we'll see you down the road.
0: Thanks, Jim. Great to be with you guys. Thanks.
1: All right, that is Jim Stirk, director of athletics at Missouri, and um, I, maybe Don Staley will invite him to sit with her for that game.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll have a they'll, they'll have the two of them sitting next to each other, so they can work out their differences.
1: And we'll talk a little bit more about some other things shortly. We don't have that planned because that's how we do things here on the Power Mizzou podcast. What we do have planned is quickly uh, one more quick word from our sponsors, Mark Skid, M-A-R-C-S-K-I-D.com. You go there, you buy yourself the nicest underwear you've ever owned and $4 of that goes to a charity to either save, feed, or cure the world, MarkSkid.com. Use the promo code POWERMAZOO. You get 15% off your first order and free U.S. shipping. In addition, just one more website you need to check out. If you have a medical device implanted somewhere in your body, knees, shoulders, hernia mesh, pacemakers, anything like that, sometimes those are recalled. If that happens, you need to know about it. You can keep up and get real-time notifications at trackmyimplants.com. It's spelled just like it sounds, trackmyimplants.com, to learn more and have peace of mind with notifications in real-time about your medical devices. So thanks to Mark Skid, thanks to Track My Implants, and now on to the rest of the show. All right, so Mitchell and Gabe back with you, and we'll just kind of kind of wrap things up. And uh, I hesitate to say this because I've been around here a while, and I know that I am now inviting, uh, you know, ridiculousness to happen but when the worst thing facing you is that hey there was a flood in the Hearn center like it seems that we've kind of reached a a little bit of a calmer point from jim Stark's desk right now
2: yeah yeah we've uh you know here at mizzou had a few uh headline grabbing events happen at least since i came here as a freshman in 2013 there's been a few just a couple um so no it, yeah it's uh it's been a little bit a little bit quieter uh, athletics year past couple years i'm sure i'm sure jim stirk appreciates that so um yeah it was good to good to catch up with him and and kind of uh hear what he's thinking about a lot of the a lot of the things we talk about every day on, on our message board
1: and i i think what will ensure that it remains calm um and Like, this doesn't have to happen, but if Missouri goes and beats South Carolina next week, like, we can shelf any talk of, hey, are we going to be talking about a coaching search in December? Missouri wins. I think it's probably not going to happen anyway, but Missouri wins that game. You're sitting 4 and one Hey,
2: there's no way it's going to happen then. Right, definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, certainly they could lose that game and still, obviously, Barry could would be in decent shape to keep his job. The schedule gets significantly easier after Alabama. But, yes, I would think you know, at that point it, it would have to be some sort of epic collapse and or, like, you know, mass incarceration it, scenario. Almost the reverse <laughs> of last year, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um. So, elsewhere, basketball tipped off practice, I think, on mm-hmm. Tuesday. We talked to him on Wednesday. I, I mean – Look, it's the first press conference of the year. Like, we're not out here with any sweeping, like, knowledge that we found out. But I don't know. Going into this year, I kind of think, like, about like last year probably. That should be the goal. Maybe a little bit better. But you'd like to find a way to get into the uh, NCAA tournament. I think it's going to be harder this year because I
2: think the SEC is really good. Yeah, absolutely. I think the SEC is loaded. I'm interested to see, you know, I – I think, uh, I, I think, obviously, this isn't that hard-hitting of analysis, but I think the post players will definitely be the strength of the team. I mean, you know, Jeremiah Tillman and Jonte Porter are, are, have a year under their belt. They they should have both developed. There was a lot of talk yesterday about Tillman developing, uh, you know, it, from a lack of fouling standpoint. A lot of so, talk about
1: that last year, too. Yeah, and it we'll never see. really
2: happened. Yeah, we'll see. Certainly they're going to need to find someone who can score, uh, you know, off the perimeter and and, uh, from, from three, but uh, yeah, the, the SEC will, will present a challenge. I think, uh, you know, like, like, like you said that we're not, we're not out here finding out anything, you know, get, you know, breaking yesterday, but I think one, one difference between this year's team and last year's team is it'll have a little bit more depth. Uh, You know, a lot of those players we haven't seen play before, but they at least do have a lot of people on the court as of yesterday. I think it was Mm -hmm. like 18 of them. So,
1: yeah. And it, This is, we'll see if this means anything or not, but I think this is something you hear the football team talk about a lot, and I don't know if the basketball team's going to talk about it, but the locker room is a little bit more settled. I mean, last year was by any measure a complete and total (laughs) circus. I I was incredibly relieved we got through the first press conference without a Michael Porter question of Conzo Martin. I didn't expect that we would. Um, But, like, we've now – this is now Konzo's program. Yeah, and I'm not sure that was true 12
2: months ago. Right, someone did ask Jante about Michael, by the yeah. way. Yeah, but uh, they're that, related. You know, we, That's okay. We're, yeah, we we almost made it all day. No, I mean, like we you hear that in football, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe it's a, but like you can be pretty confident this year that like nothing like what happened last year is, could could possibly happen again. That was just uh, you know very uh, very you know unusual circumstances. So we'll see. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of talk about you know having. Having a four-year player for the first time since Ryan Rossberg and, and Kevin Perrier, and I yep. think uh, Adam Wolf as well. So maybe that, maybe that you know, provide a little bit of added stability. We'll see. Uh, but like like you said, couldn't be quite as crazy. as And last
1: that's year. kind of what Missouri basketball has to be built on. I mm-hmm. mean, look, it, the one and dones are going to like three places, mm-hmm. and we understand they're going to be transfers because there are transfers all over the place. Absolutely. But you know, you'd like to. It, the amazing thing is not only that they haven't had a four-year player since Ryan Rosberg, the more amazing thing is before that it was Lawrence Bauer yeah. <laughs> who just retired from basketball. <laughs> I, I mean, that's yeah. that's how long it's been. So it, basketball tips off, I don't know, six it's like six 40 weeks. days or something. Yeah, it's, yeah it, that was, last the year number it was, was thrown out yesterday. Last year it was November. I want to say November 10th, but mm-hmm. I'm not positive. It, it's somewhere around there, so yeah. we will – certainly get to dealing with that Uh, football off this week kind of take a break reset for the second half of the season. And one thing we didn't ask Jim Stark about just because, I mean, there are so many things that we could have kept him much more than the 25, 30 minutes we did. But I think the big thing going on in football right now is so we're four weeks into the season and you're seeing guys go, I've played four games and I'm going to transfer so that my coach can't put me in another game and cost me a year of eligibility, I think this is like an unintended consequence that the NCAA did not see coming of this redshirt rule.
2: Yeah, I would agree. At least I didn't hear anyone talking about it prior to the season. It's been interesting, obviously, with some pretty high-profile names like Jalen Hurts at uh, Alabama and Kelly Bryant at Clemson.
1: uh, (laughs) Hurts has not announced his intention (laughs) yet.
2: Yeah, he hasn't announced his intention to transfer, just that he'll redshirt. That's right. right. Look,
1: if Tua gets hurt, Nick Saban is putting Jalen Hurts in a game.
2: Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And – yeah so that is, that is correct but uh yeah no that is uh it's it's kind of sweeping you know multiple sports now because we've we've already talked about it with basketball just the amount of roster turnover that goes on you know i, I forget what the number was but it was somewhere well over a thousand players transferred this past offseason so uh it, it's kind of becoming the the new normal in in college athletics i'm i'm guessing you know athletic directors are are maybe talking about ways to to curb that number a little bit. But uh, I, I also think that coaches tend to like this redshirt rule, so I don't think that's yeah. going to be a reason that would get overturned.
1: And, and I asked for some clarification on this earlier this week, and just so everybody listening understands, there are two things at play here. There's a regular transfer, and then there are graduate transfers. Right. So, like, Kelly Bryant is going to graduate in December, mm-hmm. which means he will be eligible to play somewhere next year. Now, if he played another game this year, He's already played three years, so his eligibility is done. That's why he's leaving now. Let's say there's a kid, and and I don't want to use a specific kid because I don't want people to think that he's going to transfer, but let's say there is a, you know, a true sophomore who has played in four games for Missouri, mm-hmm. and he says, I'm not playing as much as I thought I was going to. I want to play somewhere else next year. Well, there's no advantage to him transferring now. Right. It, it, that's not true. There would be for him because he could he could maintain a year. But a kid who who redshirted already and is an underclassman, let's say, um, you know, a, a redshirt sophomore who's already used his redshirt year. If he says I'm going to transfer this year, he still has to sit out next year. Right. So there's no advantage. You're not going to see underclassmen doing this. The kids you're seeing
2: doing this are the kids who, if they play in one more game, their career is over. Right. Yeah. Graduates. Yeah. Your first scenario there with the the true sophomore, I guess, theoretically, you could save a year of eligibility, but then you still have to sit sit out out. next year too. So it'd be like sitting out two straight years. So that's probably pretty unlikely. Yeah. It's it's really just, I mean, we've seen more graduate transfers anyway, you know, Mm -hmm. in the last, whatever, five, 10 years. So it's just kind of a continuation of that.
1: And the other thing to think about is, and I don't know if Kelly Bryant is this level of prospect or not but maybe he just goes and plays in the nfl
2: yeah i i I don't think i don't think he is but like an example that people have brought up on, on our board is uh the quarterback from Buffalo who's eligible to grad transfer. I mean, right. he's just going to go play in the NFL. I'm almost, I'm almost sure he'll be a high pick. He's like six nine. So
1: yeah, if you're going <laughs> to get drafted, uh, that might be taller than Brock Osweiler. I don't know if you've ever heard Brock Osweiler is six eight, and I, he's like
2: every time I I hear about him, he seems to have grown.
1: Yeah, the tallest quarterback ever. So, um, okay, one more thing to finish up. Um, before we do this pod- podcast again football Jesus will have played on Monday Night football against the Denver Broncos uh which is Mitchell's uh team of choice yeah over under Patrick Mahome's four and a half touchdowns at Denver
2: I mean uh, well that's, that's just take I'm going me under. under I'm going under I mean like obviously I'm first of all I'm, I was gonna pick with my heart anyway but if you had made it more reasonable it would have been easier I mean like five <laughs> touchdowns is a lot uh, for a two visited. and a half yeah I mean that's that's you know then probably over i don't know but uh like i mean you know he's i'm here my hope is he's got to come back to earth a little bit eventually a good time for that would be on the road hostile environment monday night you know maybe fawn miller makes a player too i don't know the broncos aren't very good
1: chiefs favorite in denver for the second time in 27 years so we will spend the next three days watching the Ryder cup <laughs> then we will watch the chiefs wrap up the afc west and we will get back to work next week thanks for listening podcast will be here next week uh preview in south carolina And uh, no more bye weeks for the football team. So eight straight weeks after this, we'll talk to you next Thursday.